Hey everybody, welcome to another Look Again podcast. Yeah, what's up, y'all? Welcome everybody. Alright, so today we got a great one for you all. Uh, we decided to speak about God and what that either means to you or the vast majority of people out there. Most people believe in some type of higher power, being, energy, spiritual path, or religious figure. What does that actually mean? What does it mean to us? And what does it mean to have a belief? Belief is something we're all blessed with, and it is unique to us. Having a belief helps inform us and helps our decision-making process. In this episode, we wanted to explore the idea of how many faces of God there are and how it shows up in our lives. All right, so maybe to help everybody out here, we're going to do a little definition. So God essentially is defined as the creator and ruler of the universe and source of all moral authority, the supreme being, or the perfect and all-powerful spirit or being that is worshipped especially by Christians, Jews, and Muslims as the one who created and rules the universe. So we all have our own concept of God, right? But when we talk about God and ask others about their perspective, we arrive at many different ways of experiencing God. When you actually hear the word God, how do you define it? And what imagery comes to your mind? Is it a bodied entity, a spirit, or something else? How is the idea of God or figure represented in your life? All right. So I know in my life, God was always introduced as like more of a universal energy than a being or an entity. Um, I know uh, throughout my life, my dad's always... um, always would talk about how it was weird that how they would make God like a person. And also it was even weirder how they would make it a man. And if they were going to make a person, it would probably be a woman. But God was always like a, a universal energy, like a, um, the energy that permeates everything that, cre- that everything comes from, that everything's going back to. And that's inside of everyone and like unites us. It keeps us together, but it's, it's more of a, of a yeah, more of an energy than a being or an entity. And I, and I'm, when Andy read that definition, I know there was something that, that jumped out at me that, um, Creator rule of the universe and source of moral authority. That energy, as it was defined to me, or that energy, as it, it, it seems to make sense to me that that I was taught was was God or whatever. I don't know if that moral authority seems kind of judgmental to me. I feel like it's like a the universe is that you have free will. You can do what you choose or not choose to do, and right or wrong is all kind of like uh, relative. But I don't know if there's a whole moral authority combined. In, I mean, like entangled in the word God, as I understand it. I remember a question I used to ask myself, you know, people used to talk about the the traditionalists used to say, you know, God is in heaven and heaven is in the clouds. The first time I went on an airplane, I was like, yo, am I going to see God up here? Like, if he, they lying, they lying, you know, and and that, that just kind of led me to kind of go uh, a little deeper in trying to understand what they were talking about in my church and what our dad was talking about, that, you know, God is that universal energy and there's God within each and every one of us. You know, we we are like, you know, there's a God within us all, you know, maybe not the same quantity, but the same quality. So, you know, I think that when, you know, I think of uh, God, I just think of that universal energy that is permeates everything, everyone, whether it's, you know, sentient beings, objects, uh, inanimate objects, whether it's blade of grass, you know, it's within everything, everyone and everywhere. Truth is one people call it by various names. And, you know, if you look at not even just those three major religions in a lot of different religions, they have different names for it, whether it's source, great spirit, uh, you know, in the Hinduism uh, religion, uh, they have, you know, different names for different aspects of God uh, embodied by, you know, different deities. To me, God is indescribable. 
The undescribable. Yeah, I feel that. So I think on my God represented journey, I think there was a couple different versions of God. So when I was younger, I was really into religion and like organized religion. And I had a lot of friends who had different, you know, belief systems. So I would kind of attend their churches and I noticed feel connected in certain ways and then feel alienated in other ways. But when I was younger, I did kind of have the person in the sky vibe because that's what we're conditioned to believe when, you know, you're just around Christianity and Catholicism and those types of religions. But then as I got older, kind of discovered Buddhism. And then I had a thought where like, wait a minute, am I God? Is everybody else God? Are we just all like versions of God ourselves? And then from there, I started thinking about quantum physics, science and when you go really deep into science, it gets really spiritual real quick. And I started thinking about how like a wave, you know, sound, light, energy, it's all a wave, you know, everything is like a vibration. So I started thinking like maybe the vibration is God. So that's kind of my current default God definition is God's the primordial wave and at the same time, God is also the space in which the wave exists. And that's that's kind of like where I'm leaning towards right now, but that could change. And I'm also willing it for it to change. Similar to you, David, you know, it, it's gone through different phases. I think it's like that with everybody, right? When you're younger, you had this these certain viewpoints of kind of how things were taught to you and, and how people kind of introduce God into your life and were like, oh, this is God. And like like I'm saying, like he's out there somewhere, right? And And I remember as a child, like, my relationship with God was formed very, very early on because I was a, you know, the youngest of a single mother raising five kids. And uh, I remember like, God, it had to be like second or third grade, like slaying down in bed. And like, I used to talk to God or whoever it was that I was talking to. I could have just been talking to myself, but I was slaying in bed talking to God. And I remember saying to this, whatever, whoever it was that I was talking to, like, Hey, you know, like, since my dad's not here, can you be my dad? Like, I remember saying that to whatever entity it was that I was speaking to. And I had conversations with that being or person. And again, it could have just been another version of myself or my subconscious or whatever. Every single night, that was like my way of kind of just going through whatever it was that I was going through. Didn't have a lot of parenting or teaching or anything like that at that time. And as I gotten older, I definitely feel like for me, when I think of God, I think omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence, right? I think of all-knowing, all-powerful everywhere. And, and I think that I'm God, you know? And I think that everyone's God, and I think that everything is God, and, and that, if anything, all this other stuff that we see and experience is all an illusionary world, and, and the real thing is the energy that you're talking about, David. And I don't know if I would agree with the vibration itself being God, even though he's everything, so I guess the vibration is as well, but I think that's just kind of the action that created the formation of this illusory world, you know what I mean? So for me, I would, if I had to define it, I'd say omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, and that all of us are God. Nice. Here's an idea. So when you think about it, there are a couple different ways to express our beliefs in God. Like different religions have different ways of thinking about God and some overlap and some do not. Some are like completely different. And these ways are the monotheistic way, which is a belief in one God. So like my one God and and there's different religions that have different monotheistic beliefs. And then there's also a polytheistic belief where that is having multiple gods. So you think of like the Romans, there's like all these Greek gods in the sky and they 
all rule like war and peace and love and creativity and the sky and the ocean. And I think in Hindu too, they they have like multiple gods as well. And then there's also another belief of believing in like spirits and energy and thinking like nature is God. Nature has its own spirit. And I'm, I'm curious, where do your beliefs lay and how impactful is that in your life? And also, are there various ways of experiencing God that you think of that they can coexist? Like, do you think a religion of monotheistic and a polytheistic religions, can, do you feel like they can coexist? Because your core beliefs are believing in one or many gods. And I'm just kind of curious, like, how do we get along when we have different aspects of our beliefs? My belief would be that there is one God, right? Like I said before, God is everything. But at the same time, the concept of the monotheistic and polytheistic, I think that they can coincide because it's just like, I believe all of us are one, right? Human beings, but there's also many of us, right? We're still all one. So I think a lot of the concept is the polytheistic way of thinking is just people using different aspects of God, right? And it was easier to break down these different aspects because like Abba was saying, it's like, it's so hard to describe it. Words oftentimes cannot describe all that the manifestation of God is. So in order for us to under, to like break it down a little, we just create other, there's other deities and beings that are used to tell stories, to tell anecdotes for people to understand so that history can continue to be passed along throughout the years over and over again. And I think that's all it was. There were just different versions of the one God. But I still would say my belief is that there is just one, um, which is everything. Because I believe that all is just one. One is many and many is is one. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so as above, there is below type concept, right? So for me, I would say that, yes, I do think they can coexist because I actually think that that's really what's going on. Uh, my belief is just one but I see where the polytheistic traditions came from because I think that that's just them just breaking down that one deity. All right. So I know for me, um, I grew up in a monist church. I mean, before I even really knew what monism was, Divine Life Church of Absolute Monism was the name of the church that we grew up in. So it was all about that there was one universal spirit, but definitely wasn't a person. It definitely wasn't in the clouds. It was more like a an all pervasive universal spirit that was inside of everyone and everything and everything kind of broke off from there. I know that um, there were also, you would also find pictures of like Ganesh and Hanuman in there, like representing like the different energies of God that are within us. And, you know, it was just like energy within us that we could tap into. And that was just a way to represent it. Um, so I don't think it was um, polytheistic at all. It was always about, there was one God, but I think it was just seeing the energy in everything, seeing the God in everything. So like, I know um, they always explain to us that like uh, in the Bible, they talk about the seven churches in the body and where you go to worship. And there's an angel in each church representing the seven major chakras. So like that was where, like I always had this running joke with my mom when she would say, um, she would ask me and my brother if we were going to go to church. And I was like, man, I've been to like four churches this week. You're just going to one. And she would get all, she would get kind of pissed, but laugh at the same time. She knew what I was talking about. That's funny. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But it was, it was also us getting out of going to church, but I feel like church outside of me is nature. Like, I feel like that's where I go to, like, commune with God. It's like my time outside in nature by myself, with my dog, with other people. Um, I think if you tune in, you can feel the spirit or the spirits, whatever you believe in, in nature when when you're out there. Because, I mean, like, you know, you, you start to slow down. And I don't feel like it happens right away. I feel like, you, like, like a meditation. Like, you're not going to jump into your meditation and feel the energy right away. You start to slow down, slow down, slow down. And then you start to commune with with that energy within you. 
And I feel like it's the same way with, with the God or whatever you want to call it in nature. Like you start to slow down when you're there and all of a sudden, like you're, you're one with it. So I think it's just, I think God is from my experience and from what I was taught a monist perspective, but that just that God's in everything It's represented. There's different facets, facets of God inside of you and in, in nature and, and it's represented in different ways, but it's still all that same, that same God. When Ali was talking about, uh, you know, how to commune with God, that made me kind of reflect from, you know, a religious lens on, you know, the different ways that people who believe in one God commune with their source, their their God, and the way that, you know, quote unquote, uh, polytheistic folks uh, commune with their God. You know, a, lo- a lot of uh, monotheistic folks commune with God the way they do it is with prayer. You know what I mean? And great way to kind of still your mind, make your mind one pointed. And, you know, they say that's the way to talk to God and, you know, to ask God for things to bring, bring into your life and, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, meditation that stills your mind to be able to be receptive to commune with God and be one with God to understand and listen to what God has to reveal to you. And, you know, I think that those are two of the main ways that separate mono theistic and polytheistic viewpoints. But once again, it, it really is all one, just, you know, different ways to commune with that same source and, you know, different, I guess, levels of being able to commune with them. And, you know, like as far as like, you know, yoga and other contemplative practices, they coincide even with the um, monotheistic and polytheistic. Like, you know, in the Christian church, people say prayers with the rosary. And, you know, say Hail Marys and, you know, other stuff like that, which they feel gets them closer to God. And that's the same thing with the yogic tradition. You know, they have the mala where do japa and repetition of different mantras to be able to get them in tune with a certain energy within themselves. And, you know, I think our teacher always told us to be able to speak in people's languages. And even the, 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 the head of our church you know, would always like going back to that quote, truth is one people call it by various names. There are so many different unities within all these churches, but there's slight degrees of uh, diversity that makes people think that they're separate. But, you know, it truly is all just one. Nice. You know, I think I've had many different versions of believing a monotheistic God and then going to like a polytheistic God frame. And I sort of lay in the same place that Andy does with, I think it's both. I think it can be both because when I think about it, it's like molecules and neutrons and these fundamental elements that make us us, these are like God particles. And then you put like a couple billion of them together and then you get a person, you know? So it's like you need you need these like small godly elements to make like a bigger godly element. So I can see how it goes from a lot making one and then like look at the universe, you know, the universe is built up of like so many different things. And some people can think like the universe is God or the cosmos are God, but the cosmos are it's not one thing. You know, the name makes it sound like it's it's a collection of one thing. So I think it's a lot of things coming together to make one thing. And I think God is a lot of phenomenon working together it creates one thing so it's like it's a collection of the sacred i guess is what you can say is when everything is like sacred and comes together that's sort of my version and 
I've tried them on. I've tried the monotheistic. I've tried the polytheistic. I've tried the the spirit thinking it's nature, thinking it's animals, thinking it's like God's in the wind, thinking I'm God. Tried them all. What you're saying, they made me think of like many things coming together, many of these different things coming together to make one more like a polytheistic thing. But I know in yoga tradition, it's like the one thing spread, like kind of like the Big Bang, like that that universe, like that first, it was one thing being spread out to make many. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like kind of like the opposite, like that. So it's all God. It's all, it's, it's all God. It seems like it's in the opposite direction of what you're talking about. It's like that one thing with that first vibration and that vibration sent it all out and started to like crudify parts of it. So some of it stayed at higher vibrations, but it's all, it's, it's that one thing going out instead of those many things coming together to form different things. And like, even before the big bang, there's something going on sun had to been there and and not even the big bang there was like the space in which the bang happened so it's like the container the the action and i don't know maybe ollie what you just said made me thought about like what if god's an action and not like a thing you know the action of things coming together but it god isn't the thing like it's not the molecule it's not the person but it is the spirit behind it yeah, or it's all of it. You know what I mean? It could be the thing and the action. Like, it could be God was the container. God was there. I mean, and, and this is just what what I grew up learning was it was like, it, it's not only the, the, the thing, but it's the action that the thing does. So it's like, it was the thing in stillness, in the void, in that container, whatever you want to call it. And then it started moving outwards. You know what I mean? And then it's, but it's all moving back inward towards that, that same center too. Because I'm, I'm with this. Like, so it's all one. Right. So it's all in my mind, it's all God. Right. But then people could, I could see how people could be like, oh, well, well, God is the action or God is the container or God is the thing. So let me, let me praise three separate entities. You see what I'm saying? Even though it's all just one thing, it's just people were just trying to describe shit. And so they started creating more entities, right? From one comes becomes many. And then from many goes back to being one again, you know? So I think it's, it's really just how people perceive it and how they're look, looking at things and then how it was talked down to people through tradition. You know what I mean? I think it's easier instead of having this concept that's so abstract and so like hard to describe with words of God being everything and all things that I think that back in the day, it was easier for people to break it down into certain aspects or concepts or thoughts, you know what I mean? And be like, all right, well, this, this, and this. So let's bring... Let's put names and just in, in labels on these different aspects so people can understand it more. But really, it all ends up, it's always going to just be one for me, at least. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way I always see it, is that God is one and is all things. But I can understand how there there's the idea of people seeing it through these different levels or veils or, you know, constructs where it's like these uh, constructs that come with like, oh, okay, well, this is, you know, because I, I pray to tons of deities you know what I mean? I do my mantras all the time. I, it's not like I don't think that they're God. I just think they're parts of God that I'm praying to, right? And I consider that essentially now I think about like, like I definitely, like I was saying, like when I talk to God, because I still talk to God a fucking lot, you know what I mean? That it's not the same as when I'm like doing a prayer to um, Lakshmi or to, to Ganesh and stuff like that. It's not the same. Like when I talk to God, it's almost like, Whoever it is I'm talking to, who knows? Again, I, I would just wonder if just I'm just talking to my fucking self. <laughs> but but you know what I mean? I have that thing where I know specifically like I'm like tuning in and, and and my thoughts are going towards 
what I think God is. And I'm having this conversation. He never really talks back to me. And it's almost just like I'm just talking to him and he's just listening and stuff. Interesting. This is deep. I like this shit. All right. Well, speaking about talking to God, uh, what are some ways in which people use to reach or communicate with God? Like what's, what's the way that they're reaching out? I think like what we were saying before, um, like Andy was just saying, and I was saying before, one of the main ways that a lot of different religions do communicate or speak with God is prayer. And, you know, it can come in various forms. It could be like, like Andy was talking about, and our teacher used to talk about, like he wouldn't walk up to God and, and talk to him in his mind or in his heart. And, you know, be scared. He would talk to him like he's his best friend. You know what I mean? And just be like, hey, uh, you know, this is going on in my life. Do you think you can give me some direction? And, you know, just talk to him like, you know, he's one like one of the four of us talking to each other, asking for advice and stuff like that, asking for guidance. But then there are other ways that, you know, you can tap into certain energy, certain aspects that are represented by different deities and mantras that might that people might think is outside of them. But it's since we are God ourselves, you know, we're tapping into that energy with these words, with these uh, prayers around the rosary, with these different breathing practices, bringing in that life force, which is God. It's a lot of different ways uh, and forms to be able to do whatever you want to do with that universal energy, which is sometimes called God. And, you know, the beauty of, you know, contemplative practices or, you know, uh, religion and other other practices like that is they give you a lot of different paths to walk down. So it's really up to you which one resonates with you. And then, you know, if something does resonate with you, just walk that path. Yeah. And I think that's important too, Otman, is is finding what resonates with you because we as humans have found many different ways to find God. And I kind of feel like I'm, I have a little bit different, you know, directions than most people, but I still believe in like a higher power in God. I sort of label it as like the dialing the spiritual phone number. So like, what is that number? Or it's like, what is the avenue in which we travel to? And, you know, some of the things that I think about that can get you to God, like real quick, are psychedelics and drugs. I think that's a very important thing to suggest is like shamans use this to go really deep and talk to spirits and different entities and different dimensions and stuff. That's a real thing. That's not something we should just like let go of. I also think prayer, like nature, nature is is a representation of God. And, we, you know, we are from nature. So I think humans in general, we have this ability to like be a reflection of God. And I think animals have a reflection of God in them as well. So sometimes, you know, sometimes you like watch a bird fly and you're just like, well, that's so like godly. Like I feel like if you can tap into the deepness of your surroundings and your inner surroundings, I feel like God is there to meet you. And also, as David sees me, walks around, he looks at me and says, wow, Atman, you are godlike. <laughs> Hell yeah, you're my bro. I love you, of course. Also, like, just the, the other two things I want to say before we move, like, someone else answers it, is, like, science. I think science is, like, slowly discovering God. There's some, like, not good science out there, but there's a lot of science out there that is really good. And, like, math crazy huge like fractal look at fractals look how perfect they are look at the fibonacci sequence look at the solfeggio tones all these numbers they're doing some very synchronistic things that relate to how andy said earlier the above and below and for me i really just talk to him 
You know, it's like an internal conversation. That's the way I communicate. I don't consider what I do prayer though. You know, I give thanks when I, before I eat, like, I'm not like, Oh Lord, you know, bless you for all the, da, 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 and thank you for, you know, like if anything, I say, thank you for this food and everything you've done and for being here. Da, da, da. But like, usually when I'm talking to God, he, for me, he's like more like a therapist. Yeah. You know? Like I don't expect any answers. I just want him to hear me vent, you know, like I don't, you ever had those times where you like, it's so much better when you just say something out loud. And once you say something out loud, it's like, oh, I don't have to deal with that shit anymore. Where a lot of times I'm not saying a lot, I'm just saying it to God. And it's like, you know, it's like my, my trials and tribulations that I'm going through. And I kind of just vent to God and he's just sitting on a sofa, just chilling out, hanging, listening to me and lets it through. That's, I think the way my direct communication and connection. But I think things like Ali was saying, like just being in like a really beautiful nature place, doing a meditation or like listening to music. Those would be my three main things where like, if I'm in a, just a nature place, and I just sit there and I'm just looking like I feel like I'm connected to God. Like I can feel his presence, his or her presence, excuse me, you know, like, or we, even if there's a gender to God. Um, uh, I was going to wait to call you out on that. You keep gendering God. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the way the world, that's brainwashing from my age, I guess. Is that a condition or is that like? I think it's a condition. I don't think God has a sex. So, but I, but the same thing with music, like I hear certain music and I feel like I'm connected, you know, that that's my connection and meditation for sure. It's, it is probably the easiest way to connect in my mind. Cause I just can sit and I feel like I'm being present and with, with the entity. So, but there's so many ways to connect. I think I, I agree with drugs too. I'll chime in and say, yeah, go, go with drugs, but be careful listeners. Don't just do drugs just to do drugs. And if you're going to, if you're going to play with them, make it so it's an actual journey and a mission and not just getting fucked up. Yeah. I just talked to, on another podcast that I run, I just talked to two clinical psychologists who are doing assisted MDMA therapy sessions with clients about PTSD. So my leaning towards drugs is more of a uh, responsible assisted therapist sort of view if you're looking for like healings. So it's not just this like, oh, this you know, be responsible. But something Andy said, uh, just made me start reflecting on like, you know, a, a lot of people may think that they, when they talk to God or the universe or the source or whatever they want to call it, that, you know, that it is just a therapist and, you know, everybody's different. I think that it's more of you, you might not hear somebody reply to you, but there are different ways that the universe is answering your questions, whether it's energy that you're feeling in your body, whether it's intuition in a certain situation, whether it's, you know, you might get a glimpse of something and might answer your question if you're aware enough and your mind is still enough. Or you might even hear like a small whisper of something in your ear and you'd be like, what the hell was that? Who was just talking? You know, so I think that, you know, and I'm not saying that Andy is wrong. Every, everybody is different. But I know when I do talk to, you know, uh, the universe, like it is my therapist, like Andy was saying, you know, I may not hear them reply right away but you know i may get a feeling when i'm when the uh, situation is presented to me i may get a glimpse of something or even when i'm meditating i really may hear something or you know when my mind is still when i'm in that source i may really see an image or hear something i do think that you know that the universe does answer you it's just not in the way that we consider uh in our layman's mind of somebody answering our questions I think communication with God is definitely a two-way street. Like there's different ways that I try to communicate with God and there's different ways that God's communicating back to me. Like I know like 
my prayer practice is a way that I communicate with God. Like I remember like for a long time I had, I was praying a way that I thought I was supposed to pray. I remember Cherry Peter, the God at ran or Swami Shankarananda, the God that ran our church. Um, he would always say something and he would always laugh but he said it. He would always be like, like a true yogi is really demanding in their prayer. They're not, not like meek or begging for something because you've been blessed with the power of the universe inside of you. And part of that is abundance. So whatever you ask for, you go into your prayers and you demand, like you're very demanding and strong about like, I need this and I need it now. So it's not like you're begging for anything because then you're you're saying that you're not one with God. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like you're taking your own power away as you're in your prayer. But um, prayer, meditation, I, I'd say that's when I when I listen. Um, I always joke with um, my sons and I guess my three sons, um, Asma Mar and Daquan. They always talk about like, man, where did that idea come from? And I'm like, the only reason I have good ideas is I'm smart enough to shut Ali the fuck up sometimes. You know what I mean? Like I can get deep enough in my meditation where Ali isn't there. And then that's where the good ideas come from. Like that's me, me listening. Um, my yoga practice, I think, is a way to, that I communicate with God. I mean, like the presence and the postures, and you know, like what or or what, whatever I'm doing. Um, my pranayama practice, like that God energy that's out there that I'm trying to pull into my body. Definitely time in nature. Um, I feel like that's some of my best therapy and my best time like connecting with God. Um, in a lot of different ways. And think like synchronicities that you might start to see are, are another way that, that God communicates with you. I mean, we have a great podcast on synchronicities. If you haven't listened to it yet, go back and check that episode out because it was good as hell. Uh, but synchronicities are another way I think God speaks to people. I feel like those dreams that you have right before you wake up, like those ones where it's like, you know, you have dreams, you remember parts of it. But there's those there's those ones that stand out like right before you get up or if you play around with the snooze bar, like it's that usually the last for, for me, I don't know. I don't know if it's the same for our listeners or you all, but there are those dreams right before you wake up, like right before you're up for the day and they're at a different vibration. It's, it's usually about something. I don't know. There's a different vibration to them. There's a different depth to them where I feel like it's the universe speaking to me like, right. But, and it's always the one right before it's not, it's never the ones overnight. It's never the ones as I'm going in on sleep. It's the, always the one right before I wake up is the one that's like sticks with me like, God damn. Like, okay, well, that, that's something I need to write that down. I need to like reflect on that. Those are the ones I usually share with people to try to get um, their understanding of it. And then like, oh, da, 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 and like, just give me different perspectives. But I think there's a lot of different ways and just realizing that communication goes both ways. It's not just us speaking to God or God speaking to us. Oh, one other thing about communication with God. I feel like one thing is that a lot of people feel like they're not, worthy to communicate with God and they feel like they have to go through someone else because a lot of different people that, that practice a lot of different religions out there that feel like they have to go through someone else to speak to God like they don't have a direct line they have to go through someone that's leading a service for whatever type of religion they are and uh, they, they feel like that's not for them they have to go through someone else uh, which I know I mean I, I kind of never really like that I mean I feel like we all can tap into it but for whatever reason that's some people's practice like they don't they don't have a direct line they have to go through and then operator has to connect them. So it's like they have to go through a middle man or woman to communicate with God. It's not, it's not, they're not worthy of it. I like that idea of demanding in your prayers instead of just asking or like have authority. We're divine beings. Like we, we can just be like, yo, I need this and I want it now. And I'm here to work for it. Like in life, just bust up in the motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're divine like David. So, when we say God, there are many different levels of understanding God that come to mind. Things like a deity, which is a God-like entity. The idea of Satan was a version of a fallen angel. 
or even the Anunnaki, which were aliens that came down to Earth many, many moons ago that seeded the Earth with their high technology. Why do you think it is that we as people come up with many different versions of God and even different levels? Do you think there are multiple levels of God with a hierarchy or structure? Or is there only a single ultimate force? What y'all think about that, fellas? I mean, we've sort of kind of hit on this a little bit, but yeah, like how Ali was just saying, there's like this hierarchical structure in some religions or some spiritual mindsets where you need to get a green light from someone else to talk to the thing that you actually want to talk to. And then there's other religions where you can literally just talk to God yourself you know, through your heart or through your meditation or through your practice or whatever it is. And I find it interesting because like, you know, kind of how we were talking about like polytheistic, like when you think polytheistic, it's like many gods being gods. But when you think of deities, you think of like a tier below God. So it's like a God's helper, someone that is godly like, but isn't the God. It is a God. And so, like, when, when I think of Satan, the fallen angel that was named Satan and that came to the earth and, you know, did the thing, that was a god. That was a fallen god. Angels are, like, versions of gods, but they're not, like, the god. So I think it kind of all depends on where you grow up, how you're conditioned, the rituals you participate in, the environment of the community that you grow up in i think it all kind of depends on how your brain functions around believing in a higher power what you're like believing in a power higher power that has like a certain amount of faith that's in in like inferred in that you know what i mean and i think like a lot of people have faith in their relationship with god that wanes at certain points but there's no way for them to actually experience it it's just like i have to have faith in this I have to have this unwavering faith no matter how shitty my life gets. Um, I have to have faith in this higher power that's supposed to have my back, even though I'm getting my ass kicked or like one of my kids might have got murdered or I might be about to be evicted because the eviction moratorium is up. But you're supposed you're still supposed to have this faith um, without having any experience, because I feel like there's a lot of a lot of people's relationships uh, with God are about faith and not experience. And I think that's why I I gravitate towards yoga. You know what I mean? Because I feel like. Yoga is a science to experience the God within you and in the universe and also a way for you to raise your consciousness to to get to that point where you're 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 communing with that God within you. And it doesn't really matter about faith. I remember our homie Satbir Khalsa, um, he said one of the things he loved most about yoga is because you don't is that you don't have to have faith in it. It's a science. Like if you do these things, this is going to happen, whether you believe in that shit or not. Like that's what the fuck is going to happen. Like you do certain things. So I think it's like I think blind faith is like. I think that's a lot of the reason people like I think it's a lot of the reason there's so many fucking atheists running around. I mean, like, you know, what I mean, like you you expect it to like God is I mean, the God that they may have been introduced to is very judgmental and is like more like Santa Claus. Like, you know, what I mean, then God, like I'm making a list. I'm checking it twice. Naughty and nice. Like, so you're either going here or you're going there when you die. And then you have that blind faith, even though all these things are happening around you and your world's going to shit. But you're still supposed to have faith in it like this unwavering faith. And you're just supposed to hope that that at the end, like this is what plays out. And I think if more people had a way to, and I'm not saying yoga is the only way, it's just the way that that I was introduced to and was taught. But it's like, if there were ways that you could actually experience your connection with God and get closer to God through certain practices or rituals, I think it would make 
I think more people would be um, just help more people connect and, and see that, that it doesn't have to be like a hierarchical thing or like a, um, a totally faith-based thing. There can be more in like experience. I mean, I feel like I've said this so many times that in, in terms of the question here about there are multiple, I just think there's one, you know, would you say, um, you think there are multiple levels of God or just one single ultimate force? Hands down, I think there's one single ultimate force and all these other versions are just aspects of it or ways to describe it. I'm skeptical, even the concepts like Satan and Jesus and all the people in all these books, I think they could be just like Ali said, when he was talking about the churches and the churches are just a way of describing another aspect of ourselves. I, I could imagine that the most biblical texts are all just stories and ways for us to remember certain aspects within ourselves that we just really don't understand completely. Right. But it's all still just one God. And we're just trying to figure out how to break, break down everything, be scientists and put labels on everything and be able to say, Oh, well, this does this, this is this genius. This is this species. This is that, da, da, da. When really it all is just one thing, one single ultimate force, one deity, one concept one person i mean i i really don't want to be a uh, broken record i mean i still feel the same way that you all do i think that you know there is one universal source and that universal source flows through us and there are different aspects of that universal source in us that are represented by different deities uh different energies and um you know i think that the whole point of you know rites and rituals and all that stuff is uh, to get in and practices is to be able to get in touch with those godlike aspects of ourselves. Um, so, yeah, I think that there is one, but you know, it, it, there are many, but it crudifies all back into that one. Well, I mean, it seems like a lot of us are kind of, you know, similar in terms of our belief that there's just this one. What about this? You know, I'm sure a lot of us or a lot of people in general the way they imagine God, like the way they think he looks like for me, I don't really believe in the human bodied God. You know what I mean? Like I don't believe in this, the bearded guy in the clouds and stuff like that. Right. Um, I'm more of a, an energy type of person. So what about y'all? Like what, what is your belief? Like, how do you, when you picture God or you imagine God, how, how do you imagine it? What does God look like to you? Is it like a human being? Is it more of a spirit? type thing like a disembodied person or, or what what is your image of god i mean i think it's like different levels of understanding i think and uh, i appreciate all aspects the way that people understand god because it's their god they they're the masters of their own universe uh you know i may not go to churches but you know a lot of people who aren't privy to a lot of the information that was passed down to us that may be their only way to uh, be in community. And that's, you know, a form of God being with other people and, you know, getting introduced to, it might be that personified gray haired deity that is their God. And, you know, it's their embodiment of, you know, what that universal being is. And it does get them in touch with, you know, God, I think it's different uh, levels and a different uh, variety of that same source and, you know, we just understand them differently. Like, you know, going back once again, truth is one people call it by various names. I think that like the, the Dogon people in I think it's Mali, they were people who discovered the star Sirius. They had but way before, you know, people in the Western world did. And, you know, they saw their gods as like 
fish or dolphins or whales and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, you know, they, theirs was personified. They were definitely spiritual beings. They understood the way the cosmos uh, moved around and, you know, all that stuff through the games that they played. Like, I think it was Ledbetter and another scientist went over there and were trying to stay over there just for a little while. But then they, you know, kind of just lived with the the Dogon people for like decades. And they were blown away by some of the games that they played, the childhood games, where it really described the way that the cosmos moved and the planets moved and the stars moved. And, you know, these people, they might may not have the same understanding that we have of God, but they definitely have a high level of understanding of the universe and universal energy. Um, So, you know, I do think that, you know, it can look a lot of different ways. And, you know, it's all about just getting in tune with it and getting in touch with it and not like Ali said, not having blind faith, but you know, sometimes blind faith, you know, just to, you know, uh, combat what I just said, sometimes blind faith does help because, you know, you know, a lot of those people who do go to churches, they do have blind faith and that makes them feel good about their connection with God. And, uh, you know, takes them to a higher point than they were actually on. And like I said, I think it's just different levels to, to, to all this stuff. Um, for me, I guess, I think it's always been some type of disembodied, like some spirit, like more. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I feel like we've been talking about this, but I feel like it's more of an energy than a person. Like the energy is definitely active and alive and a part of every single person. When I think of God or I'm working, or if I'm imagining God or if I'm seeing God or I'm trying to experience God, it's more of a, it's definitely an energy and not like a, a human body. I think for me, in the beginning, it was like an embodied entity because of the conditioning I was in and where I was growing up and my family involvements and different churches and stuff. But as I've gotten older, I do, I, I'm like so strong with the disembodied. It's like not embodied because I think being embodied is being stuck to like a certain type of reality you know, because I think when we pass away and we are disembodied, we actually get to go to the place where God more or less resigns and hangs out. So I think there's a sense of being embodied is a sense of not being fully what you truly are. In a sense, it's like a an experience than it is a it is kind of thing. So I do have this feeling of like they are different. But it's really interesting, too, because there's a lot of different religions out there and that like see it in two different ways. It's like some are embodied and some aren't. So I find it interesting how like our beliefs are so different, but the thing in which we are trying to believe is essentially the same. It's like we're all painting on the same canvas, but we're painting something different. So like with that, the idea of God has become a foundational concept in our lives God gives us direction, reason, and an example of being. The practice of or worship basically comes down to either a way of thought, action, being, or purpose. So how do you think these structural ideas penetrate our everyday lives and instruct us with engaging with ourselves, others, and or situations? I feel like that can go a bunch of different ways. I feel like it can be like, you know, some people out there live in fear because of God or because of what, because of their relationship with God, like God's like looking over their shoulder, ready to, to tally these things up to, to send them to burn an eternal damnation when they die. 
there are some people that use it as an opportunity to be an asshole. Like God gave me free will so I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. And they become like real assholes because of, because they think that like, that that's the way that they should live. I can do whatever I want because I'm God and there's, and God isn't going to judge. God is not there judging me and sending me to hell forever. So um, I think it can go that way. I think some people use it as an opportunity to like, look at it like karmatically, you know what I mean? Like whatever I put out there is going to come back on me. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to do the best I can for myself and the people around me. I'm not trying to put any shit out there. It won't come back. And there's other people that see it as I'm God, they're God, everyone's God. So I'm going to treat everyone and everything with the same love and respect that it deserves because we're, because we're all one. So I think it can go a lot of different ways. I think it just goes a lot of different ways, depending on what your view of God is. Yeah. With Ali, his third one is the way that I resonates with me the most, you know, that, that concept of that I'm God and you're God. So I'm going to treat you with all the love and respect and, and honor and compassion and try to just, you know, like see everything as a reflection of, of myself, uh, because I think it is, you know what I mean? And just try to keep just spreading love and, and using that as the unifying force. Cause I think ultimately that's what we do is we go back to God. When I mean back to God, like, I don't know if uh, David mentioned it. And this last thing he was saying, like, you know, like when we die that we end up, you know, we're with, we're like in his place. Well, I think he's everywhere at all times. Right. So it's kind of like, I just merge with him or the be again, I keep saying him. I know it's not the proper word for it, but I merge with God, you know, and now I'm just one with God. I like, I've reached that, that, that state. So uh, if I'm like going to his, like his, his crib or his basement, we get to hang out and play video games and stuff now that, now that uh, I'm dead and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I thought Ali hit it. If you could, if, if our listeners could record a uh, number three option of how people do it when Ali was saying it, that is exactly how I define the way that, that, that I think that, that I rock and roll with God. Yeah. Yes, yeah, same here, man. I think it allows you to hold yourself accountable, uh, hold others accountable. And, you know, like that whole uh, idea of karma um, and understanding, you know, do onto others as you want done onto you. Whatever you put out there comes back tenfold. So, you know, that's why I always try to lead with love. And, you know, I can say that is because, you know, I try to uh, be one uh, that's going with the universe and kind of being frictional against it. So, you know, I agree with Ali and Andy. So one thing that I find interesting is all religions, all spiritualities, they all have rules or guidelines or ways of being. But the only thing that's different is what they tell you to be or do or pray to, you know, so it's like every religion or direction towards God has some rules, some moral rules to follow to to do what you need to do. And also just like prayer and worship, they're all present in every religious outlet, but it's how you pray. It's what you pray to. So it's like the object changes, but the act of worship doesn't. So I've, I've always found that very interesting. So it's like there's always like a moral aspect to each religion, but how you act, what the moral is, is what changes. So... I've always found that very interesting and I found how I engage with God is kind of like slowing down, calming down, almost like how Andy said earlier, like he, he liked to talk to God before he goes to sleep and like, you know, can you be my dad? And having this like a role of a, a an entity or, or like some important thing in your life. And I like to kind of tap into that when I'm kind of going through a situation to be able to be like, whoa, I don't know if I can make this decision right now. Let me like just wait 
and see what happens. And usually like with the, the pausing of yourself, something more in alignment with what you actually want to do comes to, to showcase to you that you can choose. So I've always found that like being a little bit slower and being willingness to hear more things, I'm able to like tap into God's like nature of how to act and how to be, you know, cause like following God is always a constant decision within being. So you have to figure it out. But uh, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. Sounds and good. I think just, just one thing, I mean, for all of our listeners out there, like these were our opinions and, and like what we believe in our relationship with God or what God is to us. But I mean, everybody's going to be different. Like your life experience, what you've been taught, what you've like your um, experiences with God, you know, as long as you have a relationship with God, that's the only important thing. Like it, it's whatever it is to you, that's what it is. Um, whatever you, cause then it's going to shift over time. Like people, like we, some of us have talked about on here, but as long as you have that relationship with God, that's all that really matters. That's right. Yeah. Good point. Totally. And I guess with that, we, you know, we appreciate y'all listening. We know this was like a pretty heady topic, but hopefully we've like sparked some interest and different ideas and, you know, maybe reinforce some other ones that you've had. Yeah, and definitely just, you know, uh, if you found your God that resonates with you, keep rolling with it. If you haven't, uh, you know, there's lots of different paths, uh, you know, try a different one until one resonates with you. But, you know, hopefully we spark something inside of you all. Uh, peace and love. Yeah, and just keep building your relationship with God. It's extremely important, y'all, for real, for real. If you don't have a very close relationship with whatever God, like Atmos saying that you follow or you believe in or whatever aspect of whatever, anything that is, just it's very important to have a relationship with God. At least that's my opinion. So don't forget to keep looking again. Yeah, thank y'all for listening. We love y'all. Yeah, much love, y'all. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Look Again Podcasts. Please feel free to share this content with your friends and community. Also, please consider donating to our Patreon page. You can find us at patreon.com and search for Look Again Podcasts. Anything helps, and we really appreciate your visit. Thank you so much.